This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. This is Lane from the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. Today I got my good friend Patrick Herbig on the line today. Patrick is a civil engineer. He actually works a few cubicles down from me. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm great. Living the dream. Best day of the rest of my life. A little background on how me and Patrick met. I dropped my investor real estate card on the ground at work one day. And I was kind of like, shoot, like I hope the boss doesn't pick it up or the coworkers. And I see this alternate life I've been living. But uh, Patrick picks it up and he gives me a call and he's like, hey, I'm a real estate investor too. I got like an 18 plex. And uh, yeah, it's been good getting to know you this year. And it's nice to know that there's other people doing this uh, real estate investing life too. Hey, man. Yeah, I can't tell you what a breath of fresh air it is having you in the office and talking about real estate with you in our office that we work for, for engineering. <laughs> Patrick, um, maybe tell us a little about yourself. How much simple passive cash flow are you making today and how you're doing it? I was just looking at my statements from my managers today. I have a fourplex and an 18 unit. And today, this month, passive cash flow is over 3000 a month. You know, sometimes it's less. Let's say on average, it's right around 3000 a month. And that this is from a four unit that I purchased in 2003 and an 18 unit that I purchased in 2004. Right, so you've been holding on to them for quite a while right now. Yeah, and it wasn't until I met Lane Kawaoka who told me, what the heck are you doing with all that wasted equity in your fourplex? You got to sell that sucker and get your internal rate of return up. And I'm ready. And I, it's funny that it's all unfolding for me as it is. So you've been hearing about this uh, Han Solvent moment. I talk about it at work. So Han Solo and his buddy Chewbacca from Star Wars were cruising the galaxy as low-life smugglers, but they cross paths with Luke and Leia, and their lives take this pivot point. And they go off and do great things. So, Patrick, what is your uh, moment where you decided to burn the boats and uh, you went on this pivot point to where you are now? Uh, I have to say, after my honeymoon with my ex-wife, we were on, on a seven-week backpacking trip in South America. We came back, and she got a book from her coworker. She read part of it but wasn't that interested, and she gave it to me. It was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and this was... In April of 2002, I'll never forget it. I read it. I couldn't put it down. And I'd already gone to a couple real estate investor classes. And it was, I was just, after reading that book, it just blew me away. It just totally changed my paradigm. I was like, I told my ex-wife that, yeah, we got to sell the house. We got to start buying real estate. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, wait a minute. No, no, time out. We sell the doodads. Yeah, we didn't sell it, but I actually started fixing that house up and doing cash out refinances. And I, I purchased that house in 1998 and it was in Seattle. So the prices just kept going up and up. But I'd always take the money out. And I took the money out to buy that fourplex. And I took money out to buy another house to flip. I took money out again to purchase that 18 unit with the money I flipped and I did a cash out refinance on my four unit. And so everything was kind of going up slowly and I just kept doing cash out refinances. It's not as easy today to do that, but you can still do that. You're a good example of someone I look to to learn. I remember you mentioned to me that you were the, actually the guy mailing envelopes to wholesale deals and you actually built your own house from scratch. Oh yeah, yeah. I built the house from scratch in 2006 and seven. I just picked up a book called How to Build Your Own House and pretty much followed it and did it. 
And plus, I have background in civil engineering, which helps. And my dad built some houses. That helped. Did you happen to uh, stamp any of those drawings? Because, you know, I got a stamp, too. Got one last week. Well, I, I stamped some of the drawings on the site plan. But for the house plan, I actually had to hire a structural engineer to do the shear analysis. And I don't have a structural license. I, I'm a licensed civil engineer. which I can do a lot, but not structural engineering. So what did you learn from the old wholesaling and building your own house from scratch? Well, I learned that I, cause I'd flip the house and I was doing the mailers. I was sending out, I went to a title company, formed a relationship with a title company. And so I would get all the properties listed that hadn't had a sale in more than eight years and they were non-owner occupied. So they were rentals and she would create lists for me. And then I would go home and handwrite every envelope and stuff letters and I ended up getting one house. I remember I bought it. It was up in just north of me in North Seattle. I bought it for 235000 and then I flipped it. I turned around and sold it two months later for two ninety nine, and it sold the first day. And those proceeds actually went into buying that 18 unit. I learned that Flipping is not for me. It's too stressful. I just, I don't like it. I, I want, I just want to continue to build more passive cash flow through the apartments. That's what I like better. It's clear to me. That's, that's definitely where I, I need to stay. Sorry. I was just kind of laughing to myself. I was on mute, but just picturing you writing those letters is pretty funny. Yeah. Handwritten. <laughs> I remember the guy that I took the class from Greg Pinio in Seattle. He did a weekend class and talked about how the handwritten letters, they get opened up by owners way more than just the typewritten letters. Right. But what a waste of time. Oh my gosh. So much time. So much time. And I licked every stamp, <laughs> put them on there. <laughs> Oh god. Well, thanks for thanks for teaching me that lesson. Now I don't have to do go through yes, that. Yes, don't do. It. <laughs> so Patrick, what is your worst life or business moment, uh, and what did you do after, and what was the lesson learned? Oh, it would have to be 2010, 2011. I invested with a guy that I didn't know. I found he posted a deal on the listserv on the investing website, shopping center under contract in Atlanta, Georgia. The anchor tenant was a grocery store, and it also had a small strip mall. So this was via syndication with a PPM and everything? Yeah, it was. And I didn't know him very well. And really, I, I don't know how legit it all was. But anyway, we did it. I put in 50000 About four months into it, the grocery store tenant, they moved out of the building. We couldn't get another grocery store tenant in there. So we ended up losing the building. The owner took the building back and we lost all of our down payment money and it was a non-recourse loan, but still, we, it hurt because we lost, I lost about 47000 What did I learn from that? Learn to invest with people I know and stick with what I know. I know apartments and residential. You know, you can always just lower the rent a little bit on a residential property if you're out of trouble. But a specialty building like a grocery store, you can't just lower the rent and get another tenant in there. That's a whole other animal. That's what I've learned from there. Yeah, those were tough lessons. And I borrowed that money from my ex-wife's retirement account. And I, I wouldn't borrow money again to do an investment. I would, I'm only going to invest with the cash I have in hand. A mark of a high performer is to put your ego aside and accept the help of others and mastermind. So what's a two-week experiment you've been working on and what's kind of your six-month project that you're... Well, I got a couple that right now I'm selling that fourplex that I've had since 2003. That should close in three weeks. And I, I like to take the proceeds and syndicate a hundred, approximately a hundred unit apartment building. And I'm also talking with another fellow that we met at a syndication event in Dallas, Texas in June about maybe partnering on a 238 unit in Iowa. So it's pretty exciting. That's happening right now. 
That's the deal that I call the Harry Iowa. The Harry yeah. Iowa. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. 30, what is it, 30% about. occupied? Yeah, it, it could be very, very lucrative. All right, we'll get on the call Sunday and talk about that one. Yes, we'll be exploring that a lot more. My six-month goal is just to increase my passive income by $1,000 a month, up to 4000 a month. Uh, it, through apartments somehow, either partnering with other syndicators or be the syndicator of a deal. That's really the goal. My, my short-term goal by February, or actually, no, by March 2017, that's my goal. Do you have any secret habit to share with the folks? Something weird, health-related, or mindset-related? Well, one thing I do is I get up every morning at five and I go to the gym. And that's just, that is just sets me up for so much better. I just don't even feel the same on days I don't do that. That would probably be the one thing for me that I do. I know that working out's very important. I miss Frisbee today. It's huge. I I don't realize it until I miss it. So what is your simple passive cash flow number? And then imagine you had it and double it. What's that number first and describe your ideal day, detailed routine and uh, what would you work it on? About 8,000 a month, 100,000 a year. So it's like 83, 33 a month. So 100,000 a year. Gosh, double that, 200,000 a year. That would be way more than enough. What would a day be like? I would, I would sleep a little more. I wouldn't get up at five. I would maybe sleep till six or seven and then go to the gym and I would stay at the gym longer. I would try to catch my kids after school and between that time I would be looking at deals and talking with other people about deals and maybe having lunch with potential investors maybe playing ultimate frisbee at lunch something that sticks out that you tell me all the time or I see on the apartment investing group that we're a part of is that you're called the monopoly dad oh the monopoly dad yeah I've been playing cash flow for kids with my kids I started this summer a lot we've been playing monopoly for several years and I got cash flow for kids and we've been playing a lot. And I, I took some photos. I posted them on Facebook on our private site. And then I met another couple at the Tony Robbins event in June. That, hey, I just wanted to say hi to the Monopoly dad. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So maybe that should be my next, maybe when I do a one of these podcasts, I'll call it the Monopoly dad show or something like that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Though. It's really cool when you see the kids. I tell them, hey, you know, this is what I'm, this is these apartments I have. You know, this is what I'm doing in real life to get out of the rat race. And I, it's cool. I see my 10-year-old, the light bulb kind of goes on. And yeah, it's pretty cool. I really hope to be able to pass this on to them. And that's really why, that's really what's driving me now is, to show them that it can be done. Because right now they see their mom and dad both working in jobs, JOBs for the government. And I know there's another life out there that's better than this. I And I want them to actually see that. Because like Kiyosaki always talks about, kids learn from what they see, not from what you tell them. Right. And they can see on the cash flow for kids that you know these assets are producing income. Oh, yeah. Have you played the cash flow for kids? I've only done the adults one. I think the kids is actually, I mean, I saw a picture of the board. It really shows them that, hey, this is the goal of the, this is the goal of the game. This is the goal of life to increase this cash flow. Who cares how yeah, much money you have? Exactly. It's all about just having enough passive that exceeds your bills. And it's all laid out on one big sheet. They call it the, the balance sheet. Like in regular, the adult game, you, you write a lot of it down. But on the kids game, it's all on this big, sheet and they're all using these little circles with number number either red circles or green circles for whether you're in the green or you're in the red 
something that you have bought recently or uh, thought about burning your cash on for time savings or an improvement of quality of life? Quality of life. I don't remember reading that question. <laughs> this is a new one. And don't worry, we can edit this out. Probably a bike. I spent 120 bucks on a bicycle and for me and my kid. Actually, both my kids. It's been a lot of fun riding bikes. We spent a lot of time riding our bikes. What else? Uh, or that damn frisbee. Frisbee, yeah, the frisbee I got for 89 cents at Value Village. You know, we take it to the beach. We take it on vacations to California. We, it's always in the car. Every time I take them anywhere, we have a little extra time. We just pull over and stop at the park and throw the frisbee around. That's probably the best thing for the buck I've ever gotten, actually. The Pokemon Go Killer. For fun stuff. And yeah, I downloaded the Pokemon Go free for my kid and now we play that all the time, but I'd rather play Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about when I sell this fourplex, I'm going to take a little bit of that money and take the kids on a really cool vacation somewhere. Somewhere tropical, probably. Good way to celebrate and put a keystone. Yeah, that, and when... you know, celebrate the, what Tony Robbins talks about, the art of fulfillment. You know, not just take every single penny and reinvest it, because that's what I tend to do. I'm just so goal driven that you know, you gotta live along the way. That's one of the, I'm gonna probably take about 10% of it. My oldest boy, he really wants to go to Moria, which is in Tahiti. And I'm actually, I'm seriously considering it. We'll see. So you mentioned your art of fulfillment hack. Tony Robbins also talks about the science of achievement. What did you do to get that science of achievement? Science of achievement, it's a lot of things. I, I do the vision boards. I try to keep them updated. I, I have, goals posted and I take in addition to that I do these little eight and a half by eleven sheets just to print out. I have a big picture of apartment building and then I have a little my goal for my next goal is to convert the proceeds from this fourplex into two thousand dollars passive income. And I have those in my kitchen and my bathroom on the mirror and in my room. So I see it multiple times a day, every day. It's in my face. All right, I have a few friends who are pretty high income earners and they're doing real estate too. And he just shot over a picture of his vision board that with all the notebooks that he's got. And, you know, I think most people think this stuff is stupid, right? <laughs> but I think, I think it's stupid if you don't have it. I do too. And if it evokes emotion and you can tap into that emotion on a regular basis, I think that really will drive you. And that's what they talk about in uh, Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill talks about that. Tony Robbins talks about that. Brad Sumrock talks about that. All these really successful people talk about how you, you want to tap into your positive emotions with these positive reinforcing goals. So it's not just a verbal, we're not just reading it, you know, you really need to read it and feel it. Right. And it's not just a secret either. No, no. And then you got to take act, massive action. And like, I, I don't always want to go to that next meeting and meet up people. I don't always want to pick up the phone and call people, but. I gotta do that. I gotta accept those goals and do that on a weekly basis. Reach, just keep reaching out to people all the time, all the time. Right. You never makes... know who you're gonna meet that's gonna open that next door. All right, Patrick. Well, anything we missed? Uh, any contact information you'd like to put out? You can catch me on my email. My email is patherbig at gmail dot com. So it's p a t h e r b i g at gmail dot com. If you're interested in doing just talking about investing or learning about apartments or get yeah, deals or anything. I love talking about investing in real estate. Only thing I would say to somebody who's thinking about doing this is just get into something. Just invest something. Get into something because once you have your own money on the line, then the learning really begins. All right. Well, it's great to have you, Patrick. Um, I know I pushed you to do this interview because 
truly believe in the next six months before summertime, definitely next year, you and I will have something pretty big on our hands. If you want 100 units, maybe we'll just go together and get that 200 unit. Yeah, I'm all in. I think that's a better idea than each of us doing 100 unit, actually. Hey, Lane, I just really want to thank you for this opportunity for doing this podcast. I've been hearing your podcasts. I really love them, and I'd like to get one at some point. I, I just don't know how what kind of format, but I really want to thank you for this opportunity. I know this is a really cool deal, so thanks for pushing me to do this and get me on this. Thanks for always making those meetings to meet investors, because I know if you're doing it, I better get on it too. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. yeah, it's great having you in the office. Well, for so many reasons, but yeah, that's just, you help me stay motivated. You actually put a spark back in my motivation for sure. Yeah. It's all about people you hang out with. Your five closest friends or really your peer group is going to be the end of you. That's what I'm starting to think. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll see you at work tomorrow. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks. All right. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.